What's up, people? Welcome back to yet another episode of Kickoff Sessions. Welcome to episode 66. We're really motoring on with the numbers right now and fast approaching the 100 episode mark, if I do say so myself. Well, actually, not for quite some time, but I'll be there at, uh, at some stage. But we're back with episode 66 for today. And on today's episode, I'm joined with Raja Ali. To give a little bit of an introduction about Raja, he has been a friend, a mentor, an advisor to myself for many years. I first met him in my early internship days in London, and since then we've stayed very close. His background is in financial services, with over a decade's experience in financial services. He's worked with some of the best and biggest investment banks over this course of period of time. And not only that, he's had several startups in the meantime. He's also sold many companies in that process, and is a pretty all-well-rounded good dude, I must say so. This episode is all about how to have a successful career and also to be successful in life in general. Looking at some of the principles we need to have a successful career, a lot of the things that we need to focus on from a very early stage, whether you were a graduate, an early professional, or just someone coming out of university, what are the core principles you need to abide by to have a pretty successful career? Raja is a super interesting dude and he's now the founder of Trimwise. Trimwise is a sponsor of Kickoff Sessions in particular. So today we wanted to meet up to discuss his career and his advice for anyone that wants to have a successful career. I really, really encourage you to listen to this full episode. It is very deep. It's very tailored towards the young professional and I think you'll actually really, really enjoy this episode. Now, if you do like this episode, I would really appreciate it if you share it to Instagram, tag kickoff sessions, let us know your thoughts. You can also go on to YouTube and watch the video. I'd also recommend subscribing there for many more YouTube videos coming in the future. So I'll leave it right here. Here's my conversation with Raja Ali all around how to have a successful career and to be successful in life in general. Let's kick off. Raja, you're very welcome to another episode of Kickoff Sessions. This is our second time doing this now. Our first attempt, <laughs> we had a blown up laptop. And I want to say, man, a massive thank you for doing this again. Because like, I, for, to be honest, this was my first time I had a fuck up in 65 episodes. I, I recorded with um, Dr. Daniel Crosby, behavioral um, uh, psychologist, and my laptop finished at the very end. It like, it like can't. But for us, we just screwed it up. So I just say, you're very welcome. And thank you again for doing it. No worries. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Of course. So just to give people a bit of context um, about your bit of your background, because for me, you know, you've been like a friend, you've been like a mentor, you've been an advisor, um, and you've been a real role model for me, man, over the last couple of years. So just give people a bit more context of your own background, what you get up to. So, so I am. Um, I've been working in the financial services sector for the past ten years now. Um, I'm I'm focusing on the on the um, change management side of things, whereby you've got a regulation which comes on board, and um, we have to make sure a firm is compliant within the set period of time. But currently, I'm working for an investment management firm, working on the sustainable investments team, um, and making sure our funds are compliant to the relevant regulation when it comes to sustainability, which is currently a hot topic in the industry um, and around the world, um, especially with COP26 and 
and climate change being on a lot of people's um, thoughts and it's been in the press quite heavily so it's uh, it's uh, yeah it's going well um, so yeah that's a bit of background about me uh, that's from a work perspective uh, from a personal perspective um, of course as you know um, I managed a couple of startups um, which some of them are going well some of them are of course in the infancy um, but yeah we'll, we'll talk about that a bit more and hopefully we can give your audience a bit more you know, guidance within the financial services sector, some of the emotional aspects and, and you know, what to look out for when they're starting their careers. And also from a, a balancing aspect of how you manage your other commitments, whether it's startups, whether it's personal development, whether it's, you know, projects that you may be doing during, during you know, the COVID, COVID past few years of COVID. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I think what's really cool, man, is the fact that you've always kept that creative and entrepreneurial element with inside you. So as you said about balancing, like as in whether you pick up anything on the side of your career is most challenging. Like you've been in you know, top tier banks, you've done, you've, you've been, you've been there and done it. And a lot of people would be very happy with their careers. And again, they, they should be like a lot of people that get to a senior position quite young, like you did, um, should be very happy with your positions. But I think what was really cool about you, and I would like to kind of dig a little bit deeper into is in terms of like, you kept on doing kind of side projects, miniature startups. What do you think has been the bug for you? Because for me, I think it's always like the kind of, the kind of untapped potential. I kind of see a lot of the time in myself in particular, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I can do that. Maybe I see this guy doing it. I'm like, maybe I can do that better. Maybe I could, you know, do something different as well. What has it been like for you? I think, I think you have to take one step back. I think, from the background that I've come from, um, you know, going to a state school, um, not you know going to a, you know any any of these top universities, went to a, a normal university. I saw the struggle from what my parents um, had to struggle and how they had to earn their income. So, not only was it struggle for the family, I had to ensure that I step up. And I think a lot of people are going through challenging times right now with family members losing their jobs, uh, people's loved ones losing their lives due to COVID. And it's a struggle. And people may have graduated, for example, and they may not be able to find a job. They might be struggling because the market's very tight. But I think it's that struggle that makes you different from other people. So um, going back to your question, I think it's more important that you look at the time that I had and the time during COVID where we set up two startups and two of them are doing very well now. And I think to myself, if I didn't make that decision then, where would I be today? I would still be in my nine to five struggle, right? So mm -hmm. we want to try to get out of that struggle. And I'm sure a lot of a lot of your guests have said that, you know, a nine to five structure is, is fine, but sometimes it's good to think outside the box to leverage your skill set and leverage your time to mm -hmm. see what else you can do because everyone has, or everyone's gifted with, uh, with a certain skill set, whether it's, you know, financial whether it's um, startups whether it's you know graphic design or it could be anything but i think it's important to to understand that you've you've if you've come through hardship or if you've got a time on your hands or if you if you're in an opportunity where you think you've got an idea you should go and pursue it and everyone would say this but doing that step is 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 the challenge right and also you can also be stuck in that kind of rut of doing something you're not you're not happy with so like for instance i was in consulting before i joined revolut and i was really in a in a bad place like mentally because like i'd worked really hard when i was young and i studied really hard i'd done the long shifts man i'd done you know all the interviewing things like this and i ended up in a pretty good position like and i'm not saying i wasn't taking it for granted but i just was not fulfilled i wasn't really happy with it 
and it was kind of like I wanted that kind of flavor in my life, which was a side project and whatnot. And as you said, like looking at what went wrong. So that's something that I just identified. I was like, I just wasn't happy with it. Then I identified what I was good at. What was I good at? Talking absolute crap on the internet all the time. <laughs> so then for me, it was a natural progression because I wanted to do something that was social. I wanted to do like a kind of a social yeah. business and uh, I, I veered down this way. And now obviously I'm trying to like monetize it and build it into a, you know, a real scalable business. But I think combination of looking at what sucks and leaning into your strengths has just benefited me so much in my life. Not necessarily even in a business context. This is, a, this is looked at from relationship aspect, from a fitness perspective. What do I enjoy the most? What do I hate? And uh, yeah, just go and smash it then, you know? I think um, when I do relate back to when I first met you at State Street, I remember this was, remind me of the year. Uh, was this 2017. Oh, 2017. Okay, wow. Time flies. Mm-hmm. So when we met, I remember um, we when I first met you and you asked me this question, it still sticks in my head. And I think I mentioned this the other day is that, you know, you, you wanted to speak to the senior guys, the senior management team. You had to ask them some questions about a project that you were doing. And you were asking me, so what do you think? How shall I approach it? What shall I do? And I said to you, just go and ask the question because the worst, the worst response that you can get is sorry, I can't help you, or I'm busy, or can we reschedule for another time? And I think that's the element that, you know, young grads or, or young people that have just come out of education, they need to use that that um, that drive that they have to ask questions. Because once you ask, the worst response that you would get is no. Maybe some people would come back and say, yes, I can help you. But I remember you specifically, and I think your friend, uh, Danny, um, uh, Daniel Sullivan, both you guys were quite driven. You can tell you've come from, you know, not challenges, but growing up hardship, uh, living in Ireland. Was it Cork? Cork, yeah. Is that where you were living? Yeah, you, you came from Ireland, and, and London is a completely different ball game for anyone when they first start <laughs> their careers. But I remember you had that drive, and I thought to myself, okay, this these two chaps are gonna are gonna go far because they've got that element of drive and they want to learn. And I'm sure everyone has that, but sometimes mm-hmm. you have to put yourself in a in a difficult situation in front of people who you think are more senior, more experienced than you. But at the end of the day, they're human. They're not not different to me and you. So you have to see it from a from a human and psychological perspective that you know everyone's different. Maybe some people may be receptive to to you or to others, but you did well. And I think this is where you are today with your your drive and your 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 ability to learn mm-hmm. and your willingness to learn. Sorry. Yeah. No. I, well, firstly, I really appreciate that. But what I, what I always think is about in terms of like you have. I always think from perspective of I have nothing. I may as well, I, and if I try something and if I fail and if I screw up, I'm in the exact same position that I've always been in. And I always look at that from that perspective. I could start a new project. I could try reach out to people. And if they say no, if they don't respond, I'm in the exact same position, if anything, a little bit better. And what a perfect example is, as you said, about reaching out to people. I think like networking is 101, like any way you go, you go far in any sort of career aspect. It's the from two aspects one because you develop a good connections and you learn from mentors like yourself and two the actual the corporate language that's required to to actually navigate through a corporate structure which is complicated it's kind of two elements to it yeah one thing that's really benefited me was the fact that like when i reach out to people i get better at reaching out to people afterwards I, I i improve that skill and i get better at speaking with people and you know even yesterday i i noticed myself like you know 
going into a bit too much detail when I'm speaking to people about certain topics. I should just go a step above, a layer above, a layer above, you know, and develop a different kind of connection. But it's only at that point where I reached out first is when I've took that first step. And I think, yeah, just looking at perspective of you're at the exact same position, you'll get slightly better, if not way better. And like, even my podcast, man, like as in you said there about senior employees, I spoke to with some people that have, that have a net worth of greater than 10 million on my show. And they are ordinary people. They're ordinary people that, you know, have gone through similar issues. They're worried about what people think about them. They're worried about this. They're worried about that. They have a good family and they're no different. And that's why it has kind of changed my mentality because a big thing, even like meeting with you, and I remember when you were younger as well, like you got into really good positions really young and that gave me a lot of motivation because in my head I was thinking, I was like, you are an ordinary dude and you're doing this. So why can't I do this? Mm. And I always had that perspective, no, exactly. you know? Exactly. And I think when, when I first, um, so, so t- I'll take a step back. You know, when I was at my university, I did a four-year course and I think I mentioned this previously. And in my third year, I managed to secure a placement here at Citigroup. And I know City is huge in Dublin. I think they've got a huge office uh, on the global technology side. Now, if I, a layman from, you know, um, London was able to secure a job at Citigroup as a placement student. And then after that, um, I managed to get a job at London Stock Exchange, then Goldman Sachs. Anyone can do it. Trust me. Do you know what differentiated me to other people is that I had that drive and I was asking the right questions. And of course, you have to present yourself very well. I'm not, I'm wearing my gym clothes right now, but in terms of, you know, when you're in front of people, you need to be able to, to communicate very well. You need to be able to build a connection and i think that networking element of you know when you meet someone always try to give them something whether it's information your time um some added value i think that's where you build a relationship and once you give is is when you're going to build a very good relationship because it's not about taking because a lot of people think okay what am i going to benefit from this individual or the person that i'm speaking to but most most of the times, uh, fruitful relationships are from when you give your time, when you reach out to them again. And I think you've mentioned this again, how to reconnect with mm-hmm. people that you've spoken to in the past. It's very important. So just by sending them a, a text or an email or, or picking the phone up, it, it, it goes a long way just by saying, oh, how are you? How are things with you? And they'll be like, oh, Raja or Darren, I remember that guy. He worked at State Street or he worked at Goldman's. And mm-hmm. I remember he was hardworking. Let's grab a coffee when you're in London next or whatever. I think that is what relationships are. Not, oh, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me? Or, you know, I've just graduated or I've just lost my job. Do you have anything going? I think mm. no one's going to really help you, right? If you've got not that, if you don't have that relationship with them. 100%. And man, I laugh at that because people often only go to <laughs> things like, people often only go to LinkedIn or only often go to people when they need something exactly to your point is that after the fact so it's after something negative has happened to you you are now reaching out to these people that are high profile or within your network whatever but like uh, podcasting is a good example because like you're constantly just like developing relations developing relations reach out to people you know giving them something because they're they're going to get exposure for whatever they have in return for nothing really essentially because your business is uncorrelated to their business it's not like you're working on their board you know and that's what makes it quite interesting and then in the event of when something does hit the hit you know shit hits the fan and you do need something to lean into these guys are going to be happy to to lean out and give you some bit of a hand and i think that's just came back and paid dividends and it's being the process of, of building relationships and uh a lot of people man don't realize that at a young age and like that's that's been 
very, very important. People think, and I did as well, that input equals output, and input does not equal output. You can sit at a test command, you can look at a spreadsheet for as long as you want, and you can deliver as much work as possible. And two things will happen. One, you'll get more work. Two, that will not correlate to a promotion or to a new role elsewhere. It's going to be a combination of factors that will lead to you, your overall success. And 100%, you know, hard and soft Hard skills are very, very important. But someone like me, I was always told to be to be more technical. I was always told to learn a bit more code or to learn a bit more SQL. And I didn't do it. And as a result, it's benefited me because I've gone down way more of a project management role, relationship building, team management role. And I've just gone off that direction. I didn't need to go down the other side because I was focusing so much on the soft skills, essentially. I think you're right in saying that because a lot of um, a lot of youngsters or a lot of graduates or you know people that are just recently finished education, they always think how they can improve their CV or how they can you know get into a top firm to become you know whether it's on the on the front end, uh, the front office or the back office or middle office. But I always say to all of my mentees, and which I'm currently mentoring right now as well, it's the soft skills that makes a person. So how you communicate how you build your relationships, how you problem solve, and how you are generally with people, because it's all about people. And if you're a people's person, you are going to get well, really far in, in whatever you do, because all of the, you know, the soft skills, the coding, the problem solving, the Excel skills, they will come over time. It's about how you, you can listen, how you can um, respond to someone that's got a query or got a response that you need to give. Those are the things that, that, that stand people out from the crowd. When you look at assessment centers, they look for people that are able to problem solve, communicate very well, present themselves very well. Those are the key skills that people need to have. And I think a lot of people don't focus on those skills. They focus on, oh, I need to get a first class, which is very important. Don't get me wrong. I also need to have extra curricula on my CV, which is also great. But if you're not able to elaborate yourself or communicate, if I put you in front of my managing director tomorrow, would you be able to present yourself very well? Ask yourself that question. And I think these are the points or the notes or the key pain points that a lot of people need to start to think about, especially in your early stages of your career. And I think you had that. And and Danny, I have to drop his name again. He <laughs> he definitely had it. And look at you guys now. You're, you're doing very well in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that those are the points that I would, I would definitely highlight. 100%. And man, uh, last thing I'd say on this note, which is a very, very interesting perspective. So Danny in particular, I always will stand, stand up and say this. He is 100% such a relationship dude and he always was. And the reason why I knew he was is when, when we first moved in together in London, he was reading loads of psychology books, loads of, loads of psychology books on uh, relationships and connecting mm-hmm. with people and things like this. And I remember distinctly saying that like, oh, I don't need that. I can just work, whatever. And I remember him having yeah. such a broad reach within, within State Street because everyone knew him and he was a good guy and he, was, he did the work and he'd give you a hand and things like this. And I remember at the end of six months, I remember if I was looking back, I, like, I think about like my career really, really deeply, which is a blessing and a curse 
for 100 but i remember looking back and thinking if i was that little bit more interpersonal at the time and i was i was a young dude man chip on my shoulder 21 years old you know what i mean like spent most of my weekends young out. and 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 built <laughs> exactly but but i but i you know i spent uh like most weeks on a two-day bender three-day bender you know what i mean like i'm kind of past those years now but i had a i had an awful tendency when i was younger for partying like you know what i mean and i still kind of do but i think it fed into the ego element of it and as i got older i wanted to transition more into just being actually a sound person, you know, and I always think back on that. I think it's a, it's an interesting point to always reflect on the next area that you touched as well on there was about presenting yourself, um, early stage, like skills and, and even like CV building. What do you see often in the most successful candidates earlier on? And what do you see has been, um, something that the best really focus on? Obviously we touch on the soft skills, whatever, but in addition to that, when it gets to interview time, like what have you seen other people and your mentees really excelling? Well, I think um, I'm going to relate to someone here. One of my mentees, um, his name's Haida. He now it's it's not just about you know like we said presentation and that. It's sometimes in order to get yourself in the door, you have to use every single resource that you have. So the individuals that, for example, reach out to people on LinkedIn. Um, speak to people within their families, within their networks. So maybe siblings who are working in certain sectors that they want to, you know, they want to go into, they reach out to them. They'll cold call people. They'll send messages, whether it's on Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it may be. Those are the individuals that will keep asking the right questions. They may get, you know, 95% rejection, but the 5%, they may, you know, they may get hold of someone that they want to work in or they they want to look up to in, in, in essence. Now, some of my mentees, one of my mentees, what he's done is he has constantly messaged me, constantly saying, can you mentor me? So it's all about finding someone that you can relate to that is in the industry you're in and that you can learn off. So this individual kept bombarding me and I I gave in because I had to help him because he was you know keen driven he had everything that 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 I was looking for as a mentor to mentor him now when I mean driven I mean I would ask him to get his CV done within the space of two days he would do it he was quite driven when it came to his time management he knew he was studying his final year so he had to make sure he had to put his head down and and um and, and, and achieve that first class. But more importantly, what I saw in him is he's come through hardship. So he has some sort of hardship. Remember one thing now, and I mentioned this earlier, is everyone has some sort of hardship in their life. You may have a hardship that I might not relate to. I may have a hardship that you might not relate to. But everyone has a hardship that triggers some sort of drive to improve themselves. So remember one thing, I think drive and hard work cannot be taught. Mm-hmm. I can teach you how to code. I can teach you how to analyze, become a business analyst, whatever you want. But no one can teach hard work. Hard work is only from within. And the individual that has gone through hardship, the hard work element comes through that. So I think not necessarily hardship, but it could be, you know, you know, they want to achieve a certain, certain role or they want to, you know, achieve something in life the drive and, and determination comes through that goal that they've set themselves. So some people may be different. They may not have hardship. They may have goals that they've set. So it's that within within a drive and hard work and graft, as I call it, that people um, need to focus on or need to have to be able to, you know, excel in life because everyone's different. No one's got, you know, certain things that they can relate to. Of course, of course, uh, especially about like hardship and 
more so actually hard work and drive. I think for me, what that related back to was opportunity. I think that I wanted to work harder because I saw the opportunity and there was a couple of instances. One was a fact of me having to take out loans for university. That's when I was like, this yeah. is not, not what I want to do long-term. If I do have a, a family in the future, I don't want my, my kids having to do that. That was the first instance. Second instance was when I first, one of the first couple of weeks when I was in London, I was walking through Canary Wharf. I remember looking to my left around half eight and I saw a dude in a Porsche. And I remember looking at it and I didn't think that I wanted the Porsche. I didn't think that I wanted his title. I just looked at it from an opportunity perspective. And I saw that there was huge opportunity there to do something similar along that lines. And it wasn't about driving a Porsche in Canary Wharf, but it was around if someone else can do that, then anyone can do this. And that's that was very, very uh, telling, I think. And I think overall, then my needs and wants change throughout time. But I think there's always that element of, what is it you want to get to next? You know, what is the next role or next salary? And that's when um, short and long-term objectives comes into play. And I recorded a podcast. I'll give you an example. Go ahead. I'll, I'll give you an example. So every um, New Year's Eve, me and my partner, we we would sit down and whether, you know, whether we, we, wherever we are, we will sit down and write our goals for the next year. So, so for example, it could be, you know, another investment whether we need to make another investment, what do we need to do on personal development? What do we need to do in our work environment? What do we need to do for our startups for the next year? So it'll be high level goals, but then we'll drill into them during the year. So it's all about sitting down and writing stuff down because when you write stuff down, you're going to relate back to it and think, okay, I remember I wrote this down. This is one of my goals. Where am I? So sometimes reflection is key as well. So it's, it's about you know, being an all-rounded individual that's able to sit down, reflect, zone out, don't have his phone with them, don't have anyone around you, just sit down and just zone out and see what am I doing right and what am I doing wrong and where can I improve? These things that I can't, they can't be taught, right? Not our, par- our parents won't be able to teach us these things. We have to do them ourselves. And you can only learn from successful people in, in the world that have done this. So, mm-hmm. so yeah those short-term instances there is like the day-to-day grit and grind, I always think, which is really cool. It's the fact that, you know, you have the long-term objective Well, let's say you want to start a company and you want to reach 100K in sales in, in one year. Um, but it's a, it's a short-term day-in, day-out things of having to learn more, having to understand how e-commerce works, having to understand how supplier works, pay an invoice, do all these different stuff. And I think that's where value comes in because people set unrealistic expectations within their career, within their lifestyle. And I think it's because they look at the North Star and then don't reverse engineer it. Whereas for me, like, remember when I was younger, I was thinking like, you know, a hundred K salary, but then I'm 30. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, fuck that. I was like, I want to move this forward. <laughs> I was like, I want to move this forward to like, I'm like 27. And then I was thinking, right, what do I need to do? I'd need to be able to show to either a recruiter or to my company that I can do like, I can manage loads of teams. I can manage loads of people. I can manage projects at scale, for instance, and that derives a salary of this. And then what do I want to do on a daily basis to achieve that target? So it's a, it, it's a complicated like paradigm because of the fact that it's not short term and you know, that everyone looks for short term instant gratification these days. And that's where people don't look at the longer term view. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think um, when it comes to, when it comes to like the short term, like I remember I work when you asked me once, um, 
back at State Street again, you asked me that, oh, what, how can I manage my time and how can I manage these, you know, tasks that I've been given? And I said, just break your break your day down, have a to-do list, start, you know, start putting things down on paper and ticking off things that you've done. It's a simple task. Once you write things down, you can relate back to them. If you finish them, you tick them off. And I think those are the things that a lot of people now, whenever I speak to my mentees, I say to them, manage your time. Like, for example, if you're at university, when I was in my placement year, I when I came back to my fourth year, which was my third year, essentially, my final year of my university, I had that year's experience in industry. I treated my university day to day as a nine to five job. So I would go into the library, whether I had lectures, I'd be in the library from nine to five, depending on lectures and whatnot. And I would ensure that I would treat it as a nine to five so I can focus on relaxing after five, six o'clock, you know, whether go to a gym or whatever. And I say this to my mentees, have a structure in your life that you treat your studies as a nine to five. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully you can you can leverage off that once you're in the work environment and 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 you'll be more successful in your life because you've structured yourself. And I'm sure all your guests have said this structure is key, uh, making sure you have some sort of balance in life as well, because you can't always work, work, work. You have mm-hmm. to enjoy life. Um, whether it's you know going to the gym, whether it's spending time with friends, whether it's going out for a for a meal, whatever, you need to have a balance in life in order to excel. 100% man. One thing I would just say now, Raja, is your camera has frozen a small bit. So if you don't mind just uh, f- turning off your camera and turning it back on, maybe. Oh. Yeah. One sec. Ah, has that, has that worked? Yeah, yeah. So Apologies for that. No worries. Um, structure, organization, 100%, like the most important element towards like any sort of long-term, long-term goals. Next area that I wanted to chat around, which is feeds into that, is about like how do you think like entrepreneurship has really benefited you in terms of creativity and in terms of, I don't know, maybe understanding yourself at a deeper level and also what has been a benefit you think in your industry job as a result, do you think it's benefited you in in such a way? Because I think for me, I've become way more organized, way more like a execution focused versus sitting at home, checking Instagram, checking this, checking that, you know, I've just like got into work, don't want to do, get out of work, get recording and move on with with my day essentially. I think when, when I look at it from a, from an angle of startups, I, I always look at something which, you know, will benefit someone, uh, whether it's a product, whether it's a service. Now, one of, one of our startups um, being Trimwise, um, which I've, I've mentioned previously, it's a product which, you know, enables young people, young males like us to groom essentially their body without minimal effort using a machine. Now, I saw there was a gap in the market because there was only one leader in the market and 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 market leader being manscaped and i thought to myself they're charging 70 odd quid for a product and we can cut them and now i always think to myself now whenever um whenever there's competition in the market and you come in it's always fruitful to be competitive now what i mean by that is you want to be able to uh, position yourself different to your competitor now I always see it as from uh, every angle now, whether it's beneficial from from a financial point of view, whether it's beneficial for the end end user or end client from a from a price point point of view. Now, working in the financial service sector taught me that you have to be able to have attention to detail in whatever you do, whatever service you offer, because it's your image. So when you look at your work that you do, you deliver a piece of work, <clears throat> your managers or your seniors or your peers are going to be like, oh, Raja or Darren delivered that. 
and the detail that you've given in your delivery, whether it's through presentation, whether it's an Excel, whether it's a you know PowerPoint presentation, it's your work and you've presented it. Now you can reflect that same level of detail and attention to detail in a product or an e-commerce business or a service that you're doing. So reflect it back to that product now. So we made sure that the product is waterproof. We made sure that it's got the same features as our main competitor. But our main point was our price point. We made sure it's half the price of our competitor. So it's got added value. Now, no one can teach these things, but you only learn these through experiences and whether you trial and error. So we had to test our product. I think it was a six-month period of testing to ensure you know it doesn't cut. It doesn't cut the private area. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop working when it's uh, in the shower because it's waterproof. Um, you know, when you drop it, it doesn't stop working. All of these kind of things. I think it's all about trial and error, and how you are able to um, use the skills that you've learned in your sector to replicate them across to, you know, starting a new project or starting a new startup. I don't know if that answers your question. It does 100% because you're working in an iteration <clears throat> mindset. And really about how like it's agile and that one, you have to be super, super detailed. The value comes from that in your career because someone's like, let's promote this dude. He is super on point. <clears throat> and then you can take that value elsewhere. And I think what's really cool is if you're, if you're heard of the lean startup by Eric Rice, Rice um, like that's baked into my brain, like as in I launch products now and services with the idea that they're going to change. And I think exactly what you said there when you said about testing and adjustments, and I'm interested to hear about how much your product adjusted. But for me, like I recently launched a consulting service and I started off by yep. saying brands, I wanted to launch branded podcasts. And now I've just said, fuck that. I don't want to launch branded podcasts, but I want to launch now is like influencer podcasts, uh, solo entrepreneurs, guys who are trying to build like personal brands. That's where the value is. And I just had a call, I just got off a call last night with a guy who wants me to come into his agency and help them out with their team. And I was like, yeah, let's go do this, you know? And uh, awesome. like, and I think like that's, and that's why in my head, I always think, don't get too caught up on what one person sees as your end product. Cause it, that's all what happens. If you launch something, someone looks in there like, ha shit. Cause they're like, Oh, that's, that's what their product is. But in my head, I think this is version 1.000 and we're going to get to a whole different level, man, over the course of six, 12, 18 months or whatever. And when you play the long game, which, which you've been doing with several different things, um, you give yourself that room and it's definitely from an emotional aspect as well that things are going to improve and get better yeah because i think when we first started um we've got another startup called jewels by lilia it's like a contemporary uh, women's um jewelry business now when you look at it from when we started we were so reluctant as to if this is going to do well or not once after six months we got 500 orders and we were on shopify and we were doing uh, facebook ads we were doing instagram ads now we're hitting like daily orders, minimum daily orders of like 10, 15 orders, depending on, you know, if it's a weekend, if it's payday, you get even more. And I think you can only try because um, if you don't try it, what's the worst that's going to happen? And w there's so many jewelry businesses out there, and I'm sure we've got so many competitors, but we found a niche in the market and a niche being the bridal jewelry where, you know, women... Um, um, have have their big days and they want to they want their bridesmaids to wear the same jewelry and kudos doesn't go just to me it goes to my partner as well because remember one thing individually you can do as much as you can but when you've got a nine to five job you need a team around you so I've got a I've got a marketing team in 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 um, in India who do all my all my um, 
you know leaflets or my uh, photography etc cetera, etc cetera. I've, I've i've got a uh, i've got my partner who also helps me with packaging etc cetera, etc cetera. then i've got a few friends that help me out when where, where when i need help so it's about building a team sometimes it's not individually because you cannot spend all your time on your startup you need people to help you and i think this is where the partnership element comes into it. and i think coming on to a partnership element which we can go to um it's about how you can leverage other people's skill sets in order to flourish your business and how you can work together to get more leverage, get more, um, get more, you know, outreach, especially in social media right now, you need more outreach. You need to be working with influencers. It's a whole big, you know, it's a whole big uh, universe of opportunity out there. But going back to your question, I think the key thing is to ensure that you keep going, you keep going something's going to put you down you might not get orders but you need to keep improving keep at it because if you feel your product has got a market then push forward keep pushing forward and that's what's happened with us and 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 we can't complain because they they're doing well they're in the infancy but they they are picking up in sales mm-hmm. man when you touched into the different elements of like marketing sales packaging distribution like you did something there that a lot of people don't do which is you you delegated to people that were better than you in those niches how often do people take on all those different roles spread themselves too thin and then end up just screwing it up you know and i'm the exact same very beginning of my podcast i was like i can't do all the marketing myself got a graphic designer full-time graphic designer video editor as well and uh then a couple people come in on a on a, like a bi-weekly basis let's say um, but it's about leaning into other people's strengths because they are better than you at, at a lot of stuff, you know. And I think agreed. No, agreed. That, that's where the ego comes in. Like, and uh, even like my my girlfriend, like she's very detailed focused. Like girls are good at detail. You know what I mean? They understand like detail. 100%. And uh, I just like, turn to her and I'm like, hey, will you just like, figure this out? And she sends it back and it's in a better position. So I think that's a uh, being. It's very very helpful, you know. I <laughs> think to be honest, um, the last area that I wanted to chat about was around your kind of time management and about how you balance everything because like we've discussed like kind of how to like win at your career and also like the importance of doing entrepreneurship but like how do you manage your time and how have you done it over the last couple of years oh well this is uh i think this is more the tricky part now i've got young families also it's a bit challenging <laughs> with two young kids under the age of four um i think to manage your time i think getting up early i think i've seen it with you as well and and some of the most successful people in the world they get up very early and just get on with their life um so you get up early get your admin done and start planning your day because the night before what i do is i've got you know on your iphone you've got your you've got your notes um uh or reminder section i will put the key so i've got you're gonna laugh at this so i've got one for trimwise one for Jules by Lilia, one for my personal and one for my work. I would make sure I put three points that I need to focus on today, the night before. So whether it's I need to return a parcel to, you know, Zara or I don't know, whatever, um, whatever retailer that I've bought off, that's a personal thing. I'll put that on. I'll make sure I get that done. Whether I need to renew my insurance, that's a personal matter. I need to put that on and get that done whether i need to um you know sign some partnership documents for trimwise or whether i need to create some content uh for the next feed or you know reach out to x person to discuss something about trimwise 
I'll put down trim wise. So it's all about structuring the day before for the next day. And I think it's easier said than done because you can get overwhelmed with the number of tasks that you have. But if you structure your approach, trust me, you're going to be more productive and you're going to have less distra- distractions. Um, so it's all about focusing and channeling out what your key priorities are from your personal, your business and your work life. Mm-hmm. 100% agree, man. That- that's exactly what I've been doing. Like I have a spreadsheet that's exact same. It's not as well structured as that, but I literally break it into, let's say, three different columns. Like what the task is, a level of detail around it, and then the status of it. It's literally a rag status, red, amber, green. And uh, I, I have- <laughs> Project management. I, it's literally project management. And I have genuinely, just, just this morning, I had to add an extra thousand lines to the spreadsheet. That's literally what happened because- that's the level of detail like I'd have like, and again, what I always like to say is that there's only ever three or four things in my basket every day, because if you have too many things in your basket, you have nothing in your basket. That's just the way for us is the way it kind of works. And uh, I've always just tried to focus in on those areas and then not beat myself up if I don't get to the bottom of it, because like to-do lists traditionally can either like make or break you. People feel like they're not moving forward, you know, professionally, and they're not getting enough things done. But I like to see it as, as a perspective of like, this is the optimal output in the day. You know, it'd be training, cardio, work, podcast stuff, uh, meetings, messages, a bit of marketing. If I can get all those things done, I've reached optimal performance. If I haven't, we'll do it tomorrow. You know, and I think, and a big thing for me as well is around new guests, getting new pipeline and always, especially when I'm taking on clients now as well, is about like, when do I do this? You know, like, when do I send five to 10 messages to people? And uh, I just, just realizing that there's seven days in the week, um, like anyone that's interested in like side projects and stuff, like, you, you know, you don't have the weekend off. That's just, and I don't, that's not to say you're working all weekend, but it's like an hour of your time on a Saturday and an hour on a Sunday will pay extreme dividends to you. And you can look at it from a perspective of it's not going to put you under too much pressure. Because often if it's Friday evening, like tomorrow, like the last thing I want to be doing tomorrow evening, man, is editing this file. Sorry about that, Raja, <laughs> but I don't want to be doing that. I want to do that. I want to do that on Sunday morning, man. I'm not important enough. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that on Sunday morning when I've had a good night's sleep on Saturday, when I get up and I train and I have good breakfast. And then I sit down and I spend two hours editing a file, you know, and it's about picking your poison, I think is, is really important because it's it's dangerous because that's when you lead into extreme levels of of you know stress and and burnout I mean, and and to be perfectly honest like like it's it, people will not believe me when I kind of say this but when I first moved to Revolut and when I was on my when I just started my podcast it was like two months into it I was honestly working seventy hours a week and that's no exaggeration I was working eight a.m. to ten a.m. every day and on Saturdays I was working nine a.m. to five o'clock on Saturday and Sunday every day. And I did that for three, four months. And I remember the reason why I did it is because I had such a learning curve in Revolut to learn. And then I had to figure out all these processes that now have been streamlined in, in podcasting. And I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I was exhausted. I was in a terrible mood, but I knew it was a means to an end. And at the end of that process, I was able to streamline it down. I'm still working six years a week, 56 years, but it gets better. That was what I'm trying to say, you know? It does, yeah. And and can I just relate that back to, remember that quote that I said when I first actually met you or first few weeks I met you, I said, you remind me of a chap who I used to see at Citigroup, who was the youngest MD from an Irish background. His name was Derek Whelan. He reminded me of you and I saw something about you that, you know, linked with him because he shot his way up in the ladder at Citigroup. I think he became managing director within the space of, I think, seven or eight years, maybe less. And to, 
for him to be a graduate and then work his way to MD, I think it was eight years. I might be, I might be wrong there. It reminded me of you and the driver. Now you've just mentioned that at Revolut, you were just doing the hours. Now for your audience that are young, it's all about between the ages of 20 to 30, you need to work your ass off. That's all I say to my mentors. You need to work, 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 get the hours in. Between 30 and 40, you start you know, understanding where you're going to be settling your career, what area you're going to focus and become senior in, whether it's, you know, personal development, whether it's startups or whether it's your your actual role in your industry. And then when you become, sorry, there's a fly here. When you become, um, when you're between your 40s and 50s, you start thinking about investing. You start thinking about how you're going to retire. And then, of course, you invest in certain products, e-commerce or whatever, and and property. And then, of course, you you hit the 50 to 60s when you start actually thinking about retirement, taking it easier. And then, of course, you 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 know maybe you retire early if your projects have gone well and your career's gone well. And that's it. That, that's what it's all about. But in the start of your career, between 30 and 20 and 30, you need to be working your ass off, like you've mentioned yourself. And I'm sure you're below 30, so you can relate to that category. <laughs> 100%. I'm, I'm still only 25, even though I look like I'm 30 these days. But what you're I, only what 30, I, 25? Wow. 25 but uh basically though, the biggest driver for me this is this is one that's baked into my brain is that the worst thing that i want to be is just mediocre in anything that i do man if it's if it's picking up a weight if it's stepping into an office if it's sitting down to look at a word document i don't want to do something that's mediocre and i think it's just like a burning desire in for me especially from when i was doing individual sports when i was younger and then when i went on to actually do a lot of bodybuilding i remember just thinking like why be average at something or average at this this isn't to say that i'm good at it this is just to say that why would i want to be mediocre at it so i used to like pick up sports yeah. man pick up like boxing for instance and i would do it for a while and i used to think i'm going to be shit at this if i'm shit at it i don't want to do it but then there's other elements then that i want to lean into and just go balls to the wall with so especially from a careers perspective like when i moved into that kind of like fintech space i was like i want to get really really good at it and i'm working in wealth and trading at the moment and i don't know that much about it and I've been on a steep learning curve. And in my head, I was like, I want to spend five years learning about this, man. I want to learn absolutely everything there possibly is. I want to learn absolutely every corner of trading from operations perspective, from an execution perspective, so that at the end of when I'm 30, there'll be very little to know about, mar- there'll be very little left of markets that I don't know. And I don't come from a finance background, but that's just what I guess put my mind to. Cause I was like, this is where the money is in the future. And you know, we can see obviously in markets, how, how explosive it's been recently. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's that, that approach of mediocrity and trying to move away from it, I think. No, I agree. Um, I think um, just generally speaking, I think that drive and only come from yourself. And I think now that you're where you are, um, you're starting to think about how you can leverage your time. And it's always important to to be able to push your angles in different sectors. And, and I think you're, you've done extremely well. And I think people should relate to that in the sense that you've started your podcast you you started your career you came from you know ireland you went to london and then from london now you're you're, you're, you know you're traveling and you're doing your you're enjoying your life but also you're you're connecting with the right people to send the right message to your audience and i think that's it's commendable man Um, and that's the reason why i've come on because i think it will benefit your audience whether it's from a personal perspective whether they have hardship and they're struggling to find a job or whether they you know they're looking to start something and they just want to that push to make sure you know if someone like me can do it they can do it as well so that's that's the old idea 
people want that information, that help, you know. So that's what I want to say a massive thank you, man. Where can people find you? Give me all the details of where we can get uh, all information. <laughs> um, so, so you can you can either find me on LinkedIn uh, as Raja Ali. Um, my Instagram is Zazi Official. Um, happily, you can connect if there's any students that are looking to be mentored um, or looking to get into the financial services sector. Happy for you to connect with me and I will happily give you some advice, whether it's through your CV, etc. I'm more than welcome to. Um, and yeah, I think LinkedIn is always always good for, for, for connecting via LinkedIn. But Instagram is always, uh, I'm always on there. Um, so yeah. Cool, man. So I'll have everything included in below as well. So like any hyperlink, people can just go find you straight away. So there's never an issue on that side. So I'd like to yeah. leave right here and say thank you very much. And that's it for yet another episode. Episode 66 has concluded with Raja Ali. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone. I really hope you learned something from it. You know, Raja's been a big mentor and guidance for myself in my career. And I think for anyone that's really looking to excel in their career, I think he's a good mentor and a good starting point. So feel free to reach out to himself. Feel free to reach out to me whenever as well. And if you can share this episode on Instagram, tag kickoff sessions, send me some traffic. That would be pretty awesome. So I'll leave it right here. Thank you for listening and see you in episode 67.